Again, thank you for all of your support, not only attending this particular uh, Dharma Talk meeting, but also for your financial help, both recently and down through the years in some cases. Can't do this without support. And also, I'm asking for more help. There are other projects we'll be talking about here soon that have to do with the monastery. We're going to be putting in a Buddha hall. We've been, this Zendo has been doubling as a Zendo and a Buddha hall. And so we would like to get uh, a little bit more, let's say traditional and have a Zendo, which this room will be a Zendo. We'll be dedicated to sitting practice mainly a little bit of Dharma talk, but mainly that will start to happen in the Buddha Hall where all the chanting will happen also. Be quite a bit larger. How many square feet is that? 1,600 square foot, square feet just for that room with clear story windows all the way around the top. Pretty exciting. At least I'm excited. I don't think it doesn't look like anybody else is. Well, get excited. <laughs> Maybe they've guessed the price. <coughs> hmm? They've guessed the price. It's going to be high. But we're, we're, uh, I've already ordered the, 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 the Buddha for the Buddha Hall, which is going to be 82 inches tall cast. So anyway, we'll show you some pictures later on once we get moving. Help us. Help. Help. This is the... This Dharma talk is an offering to you, and it is without particular expectation. Who is a student of the Dharma? Is that what I told you? Well, then that's the talk title. A student of the Dharma is someone who is, starts out receiving and producing and receiving and producing and receiving and producing, listening and speaking, listening and speaking, listening and speaking. Shravaka, listeners, but also speaking. I think it means this, I think this, I think that, this should happen, that should happen, so on and so forth. But a true student of the Dharma is on receive all the time. They might be doing some producing too. Some speaking, some proselytizing, some preaching, whatever. But a true student is completely unreceived, and it takes time. You might not be able to show up in that way as a receiver for a while, because some of the things coming towards us, we immediately have presumptions about, preconceptions about. That's when you start producing before you've fully even seen what it is. We're so threatened by otherness that we start to push right, push on it before it even shows up as a particular threat. We add the threat onto it. This is called paranoia, as you know. We're paranoid about otherness, about the unknown, about what's going to happen next, about what way are we threatened? Are we threatened? We start thinking about that. True student, in spite of being threatened, has just received, just received. This is why it's so important to return to the vow. Whether you've taken that or received that or practiced that or um, observed that situationally and 
through your own activity, your own wish to see the truth, or whether you have done this by formally receiving refuge vows, bodhisattva vows, so on. Difficult to do that, difficult to just receive whatever is showing up because of the, the, the way the world shows up is not particularly agreeable. And sometimes it is threatening. It is not very pleasant, especially when it shows up in people that we are close to and they're starting to spin around and cast off objects in our direction or statements or judgments so on. And I say do it anyway. How do you do it? Intend. You don't have to, you don't have to accomplish anything. We're accomplishing anything. That's just another kind of cover up on the spiritual path and the mundane path. We need to do it. We need to do that. That's how the whole world works. It's, it's very materialistic. It's very cause and effect. Make this accomplish that. Put this over there, put that over there, make this larger, make this smaller. The idea is we need to make a larger barn for the goats. We've got we've gotten these really gigantic goats. We need a bigger barn. So let's build a bigger barn. So we get somebody to design it or we get an architect and we plan it. We put it together. We have plans and it's a project that we all work on and we accomplishment. We accomplish it and then we bring on the goats and everything fits fine except for that one area there wasn't a big enough door there they, we didn't know we were going to get that really large goat but we can change that because it's it's a fundamentally pragmatic situation but when we start moving towards consciousness even the even in the area of the so-called sciences like psychology it's a lot of speculation going on there with half proofs coming along to support what isn't completely true, uh, completely relatively true, because it is partaking of, of aspects of consciousness that we really don't know what they are. So therefore, people who are working in that area of speculation have theories. And so that's why if you look at how to build a goat barn, there's only a couple of ways you can do that. And there's only a few kinds of mistakes you can make. Not a big enough door too many goats. So it's very simple and people will agree on that because we can see it. But when it comes to psychology, when it comes to therapy, go into Wikipedia and punch in therapies and you will find last I counted was 150 different kinds of ways of working with the mind. And these ways of working with the mind, some of them, maybe all of them, I don't practice them all. I think it's kind of interesting there's that many different ways of doing that. It's like the schools of Buddhism. We're talking about consciousness here. So we have this of 18 schools. I think it started out right after the Buddha passed into Parinirvana. I think traditionally it's spoken that there are 18 different ways of 18 different interpretations of by pretty powerful thinkers, probably who are students of the Buddha. Well, he didn't mean that. This is what he was actually saying here. So, working out different, lots of different ways. So, coming back to a spiritual path, not to labor anything else, I think therapies are valuable. They're relatively valuable, 
as I've said maybe dozens of times, not everybody's going to do what we're doing here. This is a radical way of working with consciousness. When I say radical, I don't mean outlandish or wrong or challenging anything. It's just that it's at the root of the consciousness. It's as close as you can get and still have some kind of relative structure, structure, root. So if this is interesting to you, then you can keep going. Otherwise, do something else, as I've said over and over again. So being a, a student, a true student, is on is receiving, receiving what is being produced or taught whether it's be, you're being taught by your mind stream, by doing practicing shikantala, sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical, sit very still without being rigid and watch the movement of the mind. I'm not saying you might not, might not have to do at some point, do creation completion practices as taught in the tantric traditions, maybe, but I don't necessarily think you have to do that right away. Even my root guru, Trungpa Rinpoche, didn't teach his students right away to practice in that way. He taught them, sit still. That's the teaching I got. Eventually he added other things. Very important to receive. And that's easy to switch from pushing back on it because what you're receiving is uncomfortable or confusing, or this can't be true, adding on by saying, this can't be true. Or adding on by saying, I don't get this. Don't do anything with it. Don't conclude that you can't get it. Don't, don't necessarily start out by immediately objecting to, or for that matter, agreeing with it. It has to be seen yourself. You have to do it. And the teaching person is encouraging you, maybe pushing on you in some ways, to see this, see this. And this is why we in our situation here, why we study so many different uh, structures or forms or, or teachings from the different sutras that we study and sometimes study way more than once and use these by inter interacting with each other, Sangha, around what? The Dharma. And sometimes a teaching person, in this case, this person comes in and responds to questions. It's not better than anybody else. It's just a particular way that that looks at the three jewels, which I feel are very important and are mis often misunderstood in other sanghas. Not that I've marched around the country and taken a tour. Don't really have to do that. Just go on YouTube and uh, punch in Zen teachers or listen to a few of them. Some of them are extremely clear. clear. Some Zen teachers are so incredibly convincing and clear that they it looks like they're realized. They may be, they may be, but you can be extremely um, clear about the concepts and be so good at handling all of that. You can write books on this. I could point out books that are written that way, but I am not going to. You'll stumble into them eventually if you read a lot. That's why I have a list of, of what? I started out with maybe a dozen. I think there's as many as 50 books on the website that I think they're, you can read, read those books. They will not lead you astray. They might be a different path than the way this one looks, but they seem authentic to me. And they're not all Buddhist either. 
So receive everything. If you receive at the kitchen table from your partner, just receive. Don't produce anything unless you have to. And then, of course, you're going to have to produce some things. No, I want my eggs over easy. Thanks for fixing breakfast. So that kind of production is just, it's just dependently arisen. It's very natural. It's very soft. It's very CCC, communication, cooperation, collaboration. Heavy on the first C. But when we start coming out of our mind stream and however we feel, and we start blaming, accusing the person across the kitchen table for how we feel, this is just ridiculous. And for whatever length of time you're doing that, you're not a student in the way in which I'm talking about it. You got that, Sandra? I'm just looking to see who's taking notes. Not many, but enough, just enough to get it written down. So I could go on uh, about this uh, more, but I think it might be good to, if you have some questions, let's do this together. If you have questions, ask questions and I'll respond best I can. Yes. Are you bowing? Um, you've said tonight and you've said before um, this radical way of working with consciousness. You talk about radical as going to the root. Yes. What is the root of consciousness? It's, uh, it's what you're intending. It'll start out be, by being ideas about consciousness, by intending to see what that is, and eventually you won't see anything. Uh, consciousness has no source. But don't believe I'm, what I'm saying. You don't have to believe me. Go read, read any book on consciousness, which there aren't that many, but there are some. There are speculation, a lot of speculation. Pretty interesting and pretty erudite in the sense that they're, these are not, um, these are not unintelligent people that are making these claims or speculations. More? So if we go to the root, but there's no source at the root, where does that leave us? Nowhere. And how do we function? In nowhere? Better than you ever functioned before, because you don't have any doubts about anything. You don't have any conclusions. You don't have any doubts. You might have some opinions, but you don't necessarily believe them. You see that they're just part of the whole illusion. More, ask those kind of questions. Let's look at it. So what is it about going to the root then that brings forward? It doesn't bring anything forward. So how can we not have doubts? You can have doubts. And they may show up and they may not, but that's just part of the whole display. Go ahead. It just feels, I don't even have a word, nowhere. Yes. You don't have a word for that? So how do we function out of nowhere? As I said, you're going to function even better out of nowhere because you're not functioning out of the hope and fear of ego. People are functioning out of fear, don't know they're afraid because they covered up with their convictions, their ideas, their party belonging, and their, their, all the things that go through the mind stream that they're ignoring, shoving away. Some things arise in some people's mind stream, maybe not yours, maybe not anyone in here. Maybe not anyone here that is, they are extremely convincingly real. Sometimes this is called, it's given all kinds of medical terms, schizophrenia, psychosis. That sounds like a problem. And it is a problem if you've tried to fix it with some kind of relative stuff like medicines, 
that cover up rather than actually uh, deal with it uh, direct in a direct way to eliminate that. I wish you wouldn't stop, but there's no demand. Anyone else? Milka Bowing, you said the whole display. What is the whole display? What was the context I used? What appears when there's, as Nuno said, nowhere. Yes, there is. She's saying there's nowhere, and that's what she's, when you go to the intention, that's what you don't find anything. That you've got all this stuff. You have a room, you have a zendo, you have monks, you have people meditating. You have coffee cups and trees and leaves and just incredible amount of stuff, things everywhere. That's the display, a whole, what in the West we call a cornucopia, an incredible elaboration of otherness, things, relative truth everywhere, showing up as this and that, and the space between those two things, constantly giving us proof that there is a relative world and we could need to get a job and make something ourselves and be, make our parents proud. Interested? What holds or makes it look like that's all held together? Belief and disbelief and ignorance. Ignoring, to put it literally, ignoring the incredible open spaciousness of being. Being is no being. Relative, it's relative. But to see what it is, it's ultimate. And to see what it is, even the word ultimate doesn't apply anymore. That applies as a path, a path of trying to see, intend to see the truth, the ultimate truth of what this is. And there's all kinds of roadblocks, all kinds of obstacles that get in our way. And depending on how those show up, I call those, and other teachers call those Dharma gates. My main Dharma gate was anger initially, and later it became pride. Being proud that I'd somehow overcome anger, or I'd somehow kind of maybe it might have even transcended my personal self. <laughs> kind of looking that way until I met Cohen. No, goodbye. What did Cohen show you? Then I'm a fool. Trungpa Rinpoche more or less told me that I was a fool. And Coben showed me, proved to me that I was a fool. And I'm still a fool. So why would you believe what a fool is saying? Self-proclaimed. Don't believe what I say, I'm telling you. Why would you believe a fool? A question from Austin. Are just receiving and awareness synonymous? No. Uh, awareness uh, is you can be aware of something and not particularly be receiving it. So, but if you're receiving it, uh, the, the actual receiving of it might cut down on the awareness of it. Awareness is, it still has an otherness quality to it. I rest my case. <laughs> Take it up with my attorney. <laughs> Where is Andy at? 
Andy is here a while ago. There he is. <laughs> More from anyone? We'll see you very often. Wulong bowing. Wulong. What do you mean the receiving of it may cut down the awareness? Because as you're receiving, it's very, it, everything is very simple. So you're aware of what you're receiving, but awareness in itself without anything that's happening in particular, just awareness uh, won't see much. So it, it, it's more of an open dimension that's happening. You might see the, the carpeting that's under your feet, the wall that's moving by as you're walking towards uh, the other end of the room, might notice the windows, but, it, but, it's, but, but there's no particular grasping or rejecting of anything. It's, you're just, it's just very simple uh, awareness that not doing too much, whereas receiving might be more. It could also be less. Very hard to get your sea legs, get your balance in that area. Well, I'm vowing, if awareness is all pervasive and vast, how could it even, how can it, how can it be cut down at all? You can't. This looks like it. Go ahead. Well, looks like it to what? Yeah, there, there, there isn't anything there, so it can't look like it to anything. Go ahead, point out, point out my irregularity in my statement. Go ahead. Show me how I'm contradicting myself. Seems awareness, the way you're describing it, has no cutting down and has no less or more. Don't get smart with me. <laughs> Told me to come for you. <laughs> <laughs> I I did. I did, but you missed. <laughs> did my talons not get you? <laughs> yeah, I'll show you guys what she just did. She said, Shh. it's kind of like a cheetah or a dragon. What is it? What is it? I understand I'm, your I'm I, not clear on the relationship between receiving and awareness. So it's going to change back and forth. You can be there. Are, there are words, there are, uh, there are concepts that are pointing at certain activities. There's some, certain functioning of the consciousness or the mind. And when you're receiving something, just completely receiving, you're not you're not putting anything on it. So you're it's coming right at you. And the only way you can fundamentally know what you're receiving is if you project onto it. You know, it's a cloud. It's a it's a shrimp. It's a seagull. Uh, it's it's a, an idea in my mind that I like or don't like. We're projecting onto what is arising. As soon as it arises out here in front of us in the so-called outside, or as soon as it arises in the mind, uh, we don't just observe it, we add on to it. So when you add on to it, you don't see what is arising. And if you see what is, what is arising, again, I'm not gonna be able to figure this out, but I need to say it, you won't see anything. Because it's empty of other, it's fundamental nature, it's empty of the otherness. So, so there's no, no conclusion will happen. Just like if you attain realization in the classical sense, 
nothing will occur. You won't see anything. There won't be anything else. There won't be a feeling of being realized. That's all. Uh, it could happen in preliminary stages of your path. It could be some kind of insight arising. Wulong Bowing, the way you just described and the way I've described receiving, just the movement of that receiving is taking in, awareness is out there. How, if that perceived movement, if that movement wasn't there, what would it look like? How does it look to you? Receiving feels like ingestion. A sort of something is take, being taken in. So receiving is a description for intention. I intend to see what this is. And so whatever shows up, you just, you just receive that. Even if it, if it wears down where nothing is happening, this quite often will happen while doing practicing chicken taza. Not much is going on. It's just a particular stage that will show up. Well, I'm bowing. Um, I don't have another question, just a lot of flurry. Thank you. You're welcome. Go ahead, Choka. Go ahead, Choka. How do the eight worldly dharmas function in someone that sees that they're a fool? They may function exactly as they functioned before they saw that. So you still have sense of smell, sense of taste, sense of touch, sense of seeing, sense of hearing, sense of thinking. And then you have the paranoid aspect of the mind, which is the seventh. And then they have the Ali Vijnana or Vijnana, which is the storehouse where all the seeds, where everything that shows up is stored. Everything that shows up as an other uh, in any way at all is stored. In other words, anything that shows up never goes away. But it never fundamentally appears either. Shokabang. Yes. Does, does the uh, consciousness that's trying to improve or trying to get better still arise or still? Very good. Thank you. Thank you for the help. I appreciate it. Yes. But there's, it's not consistent because the consistency comes from seeing all the causes and conditions that bring about consistency. So it's inconsistent in that you can't see all of the parts of that particular kind of cloudiness that shows up as other. Uh, the thing, the quality that is showing up there that I would point out here is that the, the consciousness that is, uh, is showing up as this particular being is liberated. So therefore, it is everything can happen. Now the, all the floodgates are open and everything that's been happening to you, been trying to get rid of, everything is possible. You can have horrible emotions and feelings go through the mind stream, but there's no grasping quality happening. There's no rejecting quality happening. There's no ignoring quality happening. And even if it does, it still doesn't affect uh, that aspect of consciousness that is no longer grasping at a self or rejecting another or grasping at a, an other or rejecting a self. So everything is welcome. Everything, everything is, uh, 
This is why it's called the Great Perfection in the Dzogchen tradition, because it's it, it's it's completely perfect as it is, not in spite of so much so much uh, of all the otherness that is showing up, rampant, intense, intense qualities of energy uh, showing up as aggression or or passion. It's just that you're no longer separate from those, so they're no longer enemies. You're no longer the same, and you're no longer separate. Just talking about it intellectually. You can't talk about this intellectually just out of the intellect. You have to see this. And some people may come and listen to me and say, well, that guy obviously doesn't see this. And go another way and go listen, uh, read Dan Lusthaus or or Thich Nhat Hanh, or anybody else, great teachers, great people, people understand, and I also have thousands of students. Are they incorrect? No, it's dependently risen. They're doing exactly what they need to do on how they understand it. Further questions? We have about four hours left, so <laughs> come ahead. Chisho? With the distinction you just made between receiving and awareness, where does receiving fit or where does it happen at all during Shikantaza? So Shikantaza, it's the attitude, it's part of the training, part of the instruction. Shikantaza, sit down, hold still, observe, watch what moves, receive. Whatever happens, just receive it. Don't add anything to it if you can help it, but if you do add, add to it, then just receive that. So keep it very simple, very ordinary. Whatever shows up is fine. You don't really comment on it being fine, but that would be extra. But you you eventually, over time, just just receive very simply. Whatever shows up has a, as I've said before, kind of a silly way of saying it, that has a ticket to ride because it's dependently risen. It's dependent on on all the causes and conditions that are, excuse me, behind everything that's happening. There isn't any singularity. The, 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 the illusion that there's a solid being called me just because uh, I'm my toothpaste dropped on the floor and I'm the one who picked it up, so therefore I must be somebody somewhere picking up my toothpaste. That kind of situation that shows up that constantly reinforces the sense of of I'm here and everything else is over there. I mean, I'm not my toothpaste. Otherwise, I would just be toothpaste. I would just be whatever is showing up. Okay, you want that? Go drop some LSD, uh, lysergic acid. Uh, is that called 25? Or there's a number there somewhere. Does anybody know what that is? Any of you hippies? Lysergic acid diethylamide. Is that it? 25? Augie, help me here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying that that thing will, will, that kind of thing will twist that, that whole thing around so much that it creates what Trungpa Rinpoche calls super samsara. It's the samsara is difficult enough. Solid. This is that. That's that. It's convincing. It's painful. And it's samsara. And it's confusing. But then if you put some kind of chemical disturbance, I would call it in there, you're, you're going to have what they call a trip. <laughs> you're going to trip. And it's uh, 
it may it may be some people find that entertaining not very many but some i thought it to be quite uh scary yes, sir. I, i'm still lost on the distinction between awareness and receiving because i thought in shikantaza when we are sitting and watching what moves we are basically sharpening awareness and we are just being aware you are so how is that distinct from receiving then uh come on you guys help me here what would, what would you say nicole what do you think i have no clue How about your little friend so it, it is there is a distinction but uh receiving seems to be more like an attitude of of maybe focusing on something that's moving where awareness uh shikantaza the way i understand it i'm not saying it isn't it is taught this way by uh, people who are japanese monks very likely i've got it all wrong i always say and i'll say it today i'm teaching out of what i'm looking at not so much what i've been taught so therefore i don't necessarily agree with some of the things i was taught um i had no no disagreements with Coben at all but i have some with trungpa and we don't, we don't need to go into those here but i'm saying you sit down and the attitude can be a little bit different with each person you sit down and you just observe and that uh and that whatever's coming up and so far as you can receive that rather than than add on to it so that's where the where the activity comes in you actually notice that you're adding on your preconceptions and maybe you can work on being more receptive to what you're happening what is happening or if that can happen then at least receive your disturbance receive your objection you see that something arises you object and then receive that you're objecting to it and you, you know the second uh, negativity there the first one is the crap that's arising probably if it feels negative but that's dependently arisen it's really none of your business they're sure going to feel like it but not so then but as far as awareness then that would be more of a of a you sit down hold still and you're just aware of whatever's happening it might be birds outside the window so you'd be you could say you'd be receiving that but there's no effort at all there it's just uh you hear birds and then you feel your your right knee is starting to ache so you move your you adjust your leg a little bit so it doesn't ache maybe you sit up straighter uh you hear somebody walk behind you who's going to sit at the other end of the room or maybe some one of your in your household some maybe people are moving around in the other room and you just you're just aware of it no no second opinion coming in you wouldn't even think of particularly not even uh um going to who's moving or why they're moving or anything about it just the movement just the reception and so the receiving part may be going into a little bit uh over my head here in a way because I can't say a lot about this but it's it's like just that's more the practice part is to receive awareness is just what happens all the time you're always aware uh, and sometimes that awareness is filled up with all kinds of ideas and conclusions and judgments and opinions but when you're doing sitting meditation and you're asked to just sit very still without being rigid and to observe then quite a bit of you might have to do this for a few years this may not happen the first 3 or 4 weeks or even months it's a challenging challenging way of uh, training a mind that is not particularly re- rewarding in the conventional sense 
So is that is that helpful or did I just muddy the water? Sure. Thank you. So for that, that helps. But yes, sir. Wonderful. Um, you often say that you are a student. Yes. Uh, I want to ask how you know. Um, it seems like when we watch you, everything we we really see someone who is receiving whatever shows up. Do you? Is that a projection, or are you seeing it? That, that, that's basically my question. Um, Both. Oh. Everything looks so separate. If you see that it's not, then you, you don't do much producing. You might have feelings, opinions, ideas about all kinds of things, but you can see that there, there it's a relative uh, appearance. So you're not likely to take anything to court, but you could because the world will agree with you. Yeah. That they they shouldn't be doing that to you. You could you got a, you got a case there. You follow that, or am I missing the point? What you want to know about? Wonderful. It seems like when we when I observe you in uh, receiving, Louder. when I observe you receiving, and there is a quality of where it's like you. You know and you don't know. Yes. So what is what is that about being a student? You are 100% confident and can answer any question, and yet you don't know. I'm, I have pure confidence, but I don't know. So, and I'm not concerned about not knowing. So that's why I say, come and get me, because if you if you really have a case. Uh, you know, you think you have a, a case for, uh, about this teacher, what I'm producing, I'm saying, come and, come and show me uh, you, have, uh, you have a case. Now, I will lose. Not war with anything. Not in agreement with anything. And I'm not an, ignoring much. If that's some kind of credential, then okay, it is. More? Is that what you're, when you say I'm a fool, is that what you're uh, pointing at, Bowing? Yeah. That's the, that's the expression that that's the only way ego can exist, is to just be a fool. Otherwise, um, it hasn't, doesn't have much left to run on. But you don't have to make it stay. You don't have to keep ego round, but allow ego to come and go when it needs to, or when it conditionally, when it might. You don't have to get rid of something that is unreal. And the unreality is also foolish. It's just a way that, that conditionality and dependent origination arise up as when you see that they're unreal. They seem to be solid, but they're unreal. You know, is there any other way to put others before ourselves without receiving? Maybe somewhat, but we really need to receive what it is that is happening with that other. If I'm going, I'm trying to go to the direction that you seem, the question seems to be coming out of. You, you can actually just do this uh, as a vow, which you receive the Bodhisattva vow. Be with all things, put others before yourself. 
That's just, this doesn't mean get rid of your own desire, your own wish for to have something, or to be or to be with someone, or to have have anything. Not not doing away with that, but insofar as you can, you're you're extending yourself towards others. That does not mean do what they say. That's that's a big misunderstanding. That's what happens in cults. You do what the leader tells you to do. You drink the Kool-Aid. We don't have anything but water here. Well, maybe some coffee. I even ask people to leave by saying, this doesn't agree with you, leave, go do, go somewhere else. But if you're here, you might as well train your mind to see clearly more. Did you notice I didn't ask, answer your question? It looked like it went in a direction. Went in a different direction? Maybe. Okay. You still have a question? Um, can you put other okay. um, people before yourself and still? Without, is, is there any other way to put others before ourselves? Like others first without perceiving. Hmm. You could ask them what they would like, but do you know how that works out? They'll say, I don't know. But they'll still accuse you of not being cooperative. <laughs> Have you noticed? More? Chisho? Chishwaming. Uh, so is uh, receiving then awareness, but not in general, but awareness of our ego functioning? Uh, say that again, please. Is receiving an awareness of our ego functioning? No. Could be because you may not want to you may be in a situation where somebody is not is it maybe even slightly abusing you or being disrespectful uh and this is a time when the time you've spent on the cushion receiving whatever kind of crap shows up in your mind and no matter what no matter what you're going to receive it then in your post meditation your everyday life off the cushion that contrast uh, you'll be in a situation at some point where you're getting somebody's trying to download on you to get rid of their suffering or cover up their fear, and you and and you can you can see how your your self-centered mind is trying to protect an imaginary self. So you would be working with ego or with the seventh consciousness. Is that what you're looking for? Just wrong. Yeah, but in that case. Uh, how does it even show up as a functioning of ego or other way around? Does it then solidify ego or does does it make ego stronger? Uh, I know. Augie, what do you think? <laughs> Augie bowing, no, I don't think it does. If you don't fuel it, if you just see it, don't fuel it. 
Okay. Receive it. It doesn't get fueled. It shouldn't be uh, strengthened. No. Bowing. Okay. You disagree with it, Augie? I'm going to get, this is the warring of the uh, chemical engineers. <laughs> got two of them here. <laughs> Come on, Chisho. <laughs> Play along a little bit. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> He's not going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a I, I feel that, I mean, if it is focused, I, I don't know how even I will notice, I'll, I'll be aware of receiving without adding something to it. Okay. That's where my question comes from. Bye. Yeah, I see that. Augie. <laughs> Augie Bowing, just receive. Uh -oh. Uh oh. Okay, I guess we're all screwed. <laughs> Just received. Yeah, it is, it is a very subtle. I, I, uh, Chisho, what you're saying, there is a subtle movement to lay something on top of that that I am receiving, if that's what you're pointing at. I'm, I'm receiving. And that actually shuts out what you're receiving, and you receive uh, something that's artificial or invented or Parikalpata. Uh, it's a part of the imagination, imaginary nature that is sneaking under the door to still get included. And it, uh, it doesn't take much to reify, reaffirm, and give nutrition to the ego. It takes just a little bit of belief in something. Go ahead. Another question from Austin. Okay. Does receiving happen with ego and awareness without it? Repeat that again. Does receiving happen with ego and awareness without ego? I think it's variable. I think it's uh, receiving is, a, is an intention that eventually uh, when there's no when there's just complete receiving of everything and no uh, the, the intention to receive will dwindle away. You won't, there won't be anyone there to do any receiving. There's no identity of a receiver. There's no one who's aware. So awareness is without a center, without a fringe. Which Austin is this? Is this my son? I don't know. Another Austin. Uh, doesn't matter. Augie Valley. Yes, Augie. Yeah, I was thinking we, 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 of course, get concerned about fueling the ego and thinking, oh, that's a bad thing. I, I need to stop that. But I think you, you'd remind us that that's okay. We fuel the ego. We're just aware of it. Yes. And keep going, right? Darling? I would say so. So there's no, there's no need to get rid of something that is unreal. But the more you're aware of how it's functioning, uh, the more you can be, you, you could say, use a fancy word, you could be responsible for what you're doing, for what you're, the confusion you're, you're giving to others or you're blaming others for. So it's, uh, it's uncomfortable to, to realize how self-centered and how vain and how, how much narcissism is functioning in our everyday life around everything. Me, 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 my stuff, my ideas, my things. What I want, what I don't want, what I should have, what I shouldn't have. This actually becomes 
more and more transparent as you go along the path. But it, but it won't happen without some intention to see what is true and not set up some kind of a, 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 a someone at the guardhouse or someone at the toll gate to make sure that nothing comes through the seventh consciousness is going to be too scary uh, for those aspects of the seventh consciousness that are protecting a self, paranoia. So, and it gets, it can get more and more sophisticated uh, as you, as you practice. As Coben said, I think, uh, quoting someone that told me this, that the first 10 years are, are pretty bad, they're hard, but the second 10 years of practice are much, much harder, much more challenging. And then you get into the, the third 10 years, uh, uh, then you start to think you know stuff. Yeah. That's also hard, especially when it all comes apart. Any, any more questions? Yes. Question from Christina Rahala. Christina. When overwhelmed, when we are receiving to the point of overstimulation, how do we work with that? Take a break. Go do something else. This, this is not as hard and it's challenging and we need to do a lot of it, but, but don't badger yourself so much about it that you have to live up to any kind of a standard, uh, whether you set it for yourself or someone else set it, but take some time off, go do something else. Especially for, you know, uh, someone who's been practicing many years as you have, if you're having difficulty in that area, back off, take it easy, stop meditating. I mean, you can come back later, but I don't mean it's not like a vacation. This is something that's not something you're setting up your do for enjoyment. It's something you, you need perhaps might need to stop doing for a while. It's very situational. It's very, very individual, very uh, subjective. Any final questions? Kozan. Kozan Bowing. Um, in practical life, can there be function without producing? Definitely, definitely. But you might not be aware of it because you, the consciousness uh, is, is always liberated. But it just occasionally, if there's a threat, then suddenly we curl up into a self. So you're not, there's no ego isn't anything that's ongoing day in and day out. Well, maybe for some people, uh, if, maybe, a, you know, an oligarch or something might be run, running in that pattern all the time, or someone who is a extremely paranoid about everything all the time but yes you'd be going along and be <clears throat> uh be living in what, what's commonly referred to as the present moment i don't necessarily teach that but you're just right here and you're looking at something and this needs to be moved and so there's no if, if that's what you're referring to yes you might function a whole day or maybe for maybe for long periods of time just just addressing what needs to be done this needs to be done that but there's no uh not necessarily looking for credit for doing it, or, or you might be doing something that somebody else should have done, but that's okay. I'm going to do it anyway. I'll just take care of it. You know, these little mini lectures we give in the back of our mind about things when we're not saying anything, but there's a little tiny, you know, a thimble-sized indictment of others for not doing what we're taking care of. I don't think you're referring to that, but I, I would go back to your 
your question and say yes and you can function without any uh, ego display if that's what you're asking about much at all that doesn't mean that you won't be threatened back into that grasping at a self and grasping at another something out of out of suddenly being afraid of something because and you're afraid because there's some area of the consciousness uh the alia or the seventh consciousness that you that doesn't store anything particularly it's some area where it has been triggered by something somebody said or did or an event or something that happened to you uh, or something is happening or is occurring or someone is coming at you with some kind of a, a uncertainty or some kind of a threat that might not trigger that ego clenching so in the other situation two days before that event you're fine you're doing this you're feeding your dog and you're you're maybe going to the vet or you're uh working in your you being a, a physical therapist working on someone that's uh not any particular self-centeredness going on there at all is that is that what you're asking about yeah but it seems like um well the poisons ignorance seems like the hardest to see by its nature yes you say don't produce but if that very poison would prevent us from seeing that we're producing how do you work with that so <laughs> um when i say don't produce i know you probably can't help it uh i think the over overreaching uh uh, consciousness uh, begins to be prioritized so you begin to see more than you think about it so you you see more clearly everything that's arising rather than you are always being escorted your consciousness is always being escorted around by thought patterns and judgments uh, opinions justifications uh, and conclusions so uh, I don't know if that's getting close to what you were asking about, but it's, is it, can you be more specific in the question if I've missed it? I was on bowing when you say don't produce, if you don't know you're producing, how can you not produce? Okay, so that has to do with the sitting practice. If you're a strong meditator, eventually these areas will start to show up. I emphasize as everyone has heard, uh, a lot of wall gazing, a lot of sitting still, looking at the wall. I think that's very important. Uh, I just think it's very, very important to um, to use a r relative way of looking at it, to sit down and watch what moves without grasping, rejecting, or shutting down. In everyday life, it's very hard to do that because we're not as clear about it. But on the cushion, you eventually will begin to see the way you're pushing on something. You don't want that thought. You don't want that feeling. You don't want that. Or you want more of something, something starting to feel more blissful or more, you're feeling more serene. And, you know, if you talk to anyone who practices other kinds of meditation, they will immediately tell you how, how just wonderfully serene and blissful they are and how they never felt this way before. Not all of them, but quite often. And, and this is a, it's not wrong. Sure, go ahead and do that. But it's very circular. And it is a container of awareness. It's not exactly a jhana state, but it's it's a damn close to it. It's a maintained, a tightening of awareness to have a particular closed off feeling. 
what I'm endeavoring to teach to all of you, whoever will listen, is just do this. Just be this person that you are. Don't miss your life. Be the difficulty that comes up rather than covering it up and pretending that that's gone now and that you're some kind of a, a, a super being or you're above everything or, or now you're able to dedicate yourself to others and all the other credential paraphernalia that arises in any spiritual uh, area. I spent uh, uh, 20 minutes today listening to a Catholic channel. Not that they don't have good intentions, but it's 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 just um, without judging them, just descriptively. <laughs> now hear me now. Uh, they were crazy. It kind of a, 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 a some kind of insanity is going on with this particular priest and his uh, interviewer, who is quite skillful at bringing out all of the the stuff uh, about all the people that are wrong about the whole women's rights thing that you know about the fetus being uh, you know I don't need to go on and on about it, but it was it was pretty uh, difficult to listen to. But I just received you know I just received I just listened to. <laughs> It was difficult, and that doesn't mean that I feel that people who are who are helped by that kind of practice, they should all be Buddhist or something. No, they they can't be. They can't. They need to do that. It's dependently risen. It's not. It's not preordained that they when they're born they're going to do that. There's probably plenty of plenty of gaps there, but. Um, you, you can't really promote this. Uh, those of you who've been meditating for a while and have maybe tried to suggest that friends of yours or family members meditate will run into something very similar, <coughs> similar as they're not about to do what you're doing and have no interest. They would rather continue on with whatever they're doing. Not wrong, dependently risen. It's just, it's just the way that particular situation is. I think we can close. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokukoji.org. Thank you.